Hi friends, welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host and fellow mobile bar owner, Sarah Murphy. Each episode, I'll be bringing you interviews, knowledge, anecdotes, or opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and scalable mobile bar business that will support the lifestyle you dream of. I'm excited for today's episode, so let's get started. Today, I'm here with Miles Cunliffe from the Mixology Group. He comes to us all the way from the UK. Miles, what part of the UK are you in? Uh, currently, I'm on the south coast. I suppose the nearest city would be Brighton. Uh, we're about 60 miles south of London. And how close are you to the shore? Uh, as the crow flies, so to speak, uh, roughly five and a half miles. Oh my gosh. I, I had the pleasure of enjoying the coastline in Cornwall last summer. And it's a place that it's just majestic. It's like, once you go, you never get it out of your system. So yeah, not much sand, um, lots of rocks, but yes, yes. it's really beautiful down there. Just very far away. That must be why I love it so much. Cause I actually hate sand. It gets <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> if you have kids, very definitely gets everywhere. Definitely. Our topic today uh, is low and no spirited cocktails, which I'm really excited about. I specifically was excited when you decided to reach out to me as a volunteer for this topic, because it's my personal opinion. Again, it's an opinion, but I like to watch trends that the UK is leaks ahead of the United States right now on treating low spirit or no spirit beverages with craft if that makes sense. You know, it's not just a bunch of juices thrown in a glass. Like you guys are treating them the same way that you would constructing something that had alcohol in it. Um, and I do think that there's a lot more sober curious, the mo- the movement, the sober curious movement, I think is much stronger in the UK than it is in the United States just yet. So um, you guys are, I guess, meeting that need uh, through, through these craft mocktails, as we would call them. Tell me how you got into this particular practice. Well, I think it kind of started with the emergence, I suppose, of all the different sort of, as you say, non-alcoholic brands coming out. I suppose the most famous one in the UK is is probably Seedlip. And and just exploring that uh, through my company, we we work as drinks consultants for bars, restaurants, etc. But we also work for major supermarkets as as well. Current trend, I think... uh, you say maybe not so much in the States, but I think across the world is generally to imbibe less, perhaps. Uh, we have a nice saying, which is drink less, drink better. Um, but unf- I think it boils down to the fact that I, as an adult, don't necessarily want to drink the same drink that my children would drink on a night out, which is a combination of juices or a pre-packed drink in a juicy format or a proprietary cola brand or a lemonade, etc., and be charged uh, here in the U- UK quite a lot of money to have uh, you know one of these non-alcoholic mixers uh, in a large format. It also, also in my my mind gets really sugary really quickly, and even if you're not drinking, it's just that that compounded kind of sugar dehydration in the morning, which I don't necessarily enjoy. Um, socially wise, um, a- again as an adult, I don't necessarily want to be seen to have a bright red, bright, orange, bright, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yes. bright drink in my hand. It'd be quite nice to, to be stood next to my peers, my friends, my loved ones, etc. cetera. Uh, and, you know, if they're drinking gin and tonics in those goldfish bowls with all the garnishes, et cetera, et cetera, to have something similar to that. 
I know it's a placebo, but perhaps you can almost achieve the level that they are. I know this is a very dangerous ground to want to go over, but I think it's a very interesting thing. You know, either stand there with a glass of, you know, I don't know if you have them in the States, sippy cups, you know, children's cups that don't spill. Yes, we have them. It's basically what I call children's drink, sippy cups. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Or you can stand yes. there with a grown-up drink and, 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 right. and feel like you're the odd one out. And I think that's really important. You know, and so, again, designated driver kind of status or whatever reason that you don't want to imbibe. Um, I'm not sure if you have these in the States, but we have sort of dry January. We have Stoptober. So we have these, you know, these, these, these charitable months where people stop drinking for whatever, you know, for a good cause to raise money. I don't necessarily agree with that coming from, you know, the booze, the, the sort of the trade that we're in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dry January, that's a killer, man. I mean, like oh. a whole month at the beginning of the year and you look aren't drinking. Come on. I know. But, I did a cash bar during dry January this past year and I was like, man, that's about half of what I probably killer. should have got in sales. killer. <laughs> But to be able to offer to someone, you know, uh, sorry, I'm not drinking at the moment for whatever reason, to be able to go, well, that's cool, man. Person, beg your pardon. That's cool. I can make you a drink. What's your flavor profile that you like? Uh, And and I can hopefully try and emulate a drink which you would normally have on your night out without necessarily having having said alcohol in it. Um, Brands-wise, I think there are so many now. Uh, Again, I mentioned one, Seedlip, already. I think they, they, they catapulted this entire... Uh, no category right to the forefront of, of the normal person shopping in the supermarket or um, yeah, supermarket um, rather than geeky bartenders getting all mental about some weird distilled, non-distilled, non-alcoholic product. Um, but I can still offer you a drink which is tangible, which is good value, which tastes nice, hopefully. And, you know, for the Instagram people of the world, for the selfie people, Hopefully a drink which is pretty enough, which you can stand behind and have a picture taken. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't work for tips anymore. I just work for likes on social media. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, you know, any, anyone who wants to stand behind my drink and, and take a picture of themselves with it just makes me happy at the end of the day. You know, the, the, the monetary reward is long gone for me. And that was, that was many, many years ago now. But uh, uh, I think, Partly why, you know, it's done so well in the UK is that people are quite happy with the switch. Um, the other big thing, I mean, I think, again, it's thankful to the gin industry, but with the, the massive amounts of brands that we have, people are now exploring choice. And again, within the no category, we now have lots of choice. Uh, and so two brands that I'm, I, I covet at the moment, I think they're, they're absolutely amazing. One's called, uh, am I allowed to mention brands? Sorry. Please do. I mean, we, right. we actually may, may have some of these. We definitely have seed lip. It's not like you guys have it in the grocery store. Like it's hard to find here. I, I've, Everything's hard to find in the UK. I did some work in North Carolina and, and, and doing, doing the restaurants kind of alcohol shop for the week was like, wow, you know, this this doesn't look like an alcohol shop. This is behind. Yeah, you know, you'd be embarrassed by our you'd be embarrassed by our gin selections for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the brand. You know, again, it kind of boils down to choice, and I think that that's the most important thing. To, again, two brands that I like to work with at the moment. One's called Liars. Uh, they're out of Australia, and then we have one called Strike uh, out of the UK. And within their 
portfolio for want of a better word. You know, again, I'm used to talking about alcoholic brands when I talk portfolios, but Liars have got something like 13, 14 SKUs, ranging from uh, a, a, a non-alcoholic spice rum to a non-alcoholic dry gin. They've even got an absinthe. Oh my gosh, you're blowing my mind right now. And so flavor <laughs> profiles as a mixer, bartender, whatever you want to call me, and you know, I, I can play. Uh, I can make you an yeah. ice drink and it doesn't again necessarily have to have any booze in it. I'm uh, sorry, alcohol. Um, and I can charge you and make loads of money. Well, what I love about this, one, firsthand, I uh, I was pregnant twice. Um, and so I know... I, I've like, never been pregnant. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> it's all right. You're forgiven. But I can say I've been in the position where I have not been able to drink. Um, but even on nights at home when I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to drink tonight. There comes this like, well, then what do I drink? It's just like I've been drinking water all day and coffee all day. And I'm not really in the mood for, like you said, something super sugary. That's not really like not. I'm not a sweets person. I don't do dessert either. Like I always joke that I drink my dessert. So it's like if I'm not going to drink, what am I going to have? And so the non-alcoholic spirits are actually really fun to play with. Like I did actually when I was over in the UK, um, I tried one of the seed lips with some tonic. I think it was the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. fever tree. And it was delicious. I would yep. have drank that all night long and not even miss the booze because to be honest, if I'm drinking, it's probably not to get the buzz anymore. I've been, I've been behind the bar for a long time. The buzz is nice, but like what I want again, is something it's, 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 it's isn't water. It's the placebo <laughs> effect, I think. You know, yeah, well, it's, and it's also boring to drink the same stuff all the time, right? Yeah. And cocktails allow us to switch it up and, you know, and I think that's almost, sour. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of why cocktail culture catches on is it's something to drink that you don't always get. Whereas, you know, you drink water, coffee, and tea all day long, um, especially tea for you guys. But uh, the evening comes and you want something a little different. And so if you're not drinking, then it becomes, well, if I can't, if I'm not drinking alcohol, like, what are my options? And the same when you're at an event, right? So if we're doing weddings and there's a cocktail menu and there's a full bar and someone's not drinking, maybe they're driving, maybe they're pregnant, maybe they just aren't drinking, right? And if the options are ginger ale, cranberry juice, juice, it's kind of boring and lame. And it's it boring. Really points- and, and what's your markup? I mean, right, right. We're allowed and to it, go and- quite, quite tradey with the speak, aren't we? Because we're obviously on a trade sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, wh- wh- how much is your markup in orange juice? You know, can you. Mm-hmm. Can you charge $10 for a glass of orange juice? No, not at all. And it also points at them, you know, from across the room, oh, they're not drinking. Hmm. And maybe that's okay. Maybe if they're pregnant and they don't want people knowing that, like they want people knowing they're not drinking. Or maybe they're just like not drinking right now. And so they don't want to stand out like a sore thumb because that person is not drinking. It's that image of, you know, an adult with a sippy cup. Yep, exactly. Um. Exactly. So you said strike, and the first one, is it lies, like I tell a lie? I'll, uh, I'll show you a quick image, but it's liars. So, again, they're out of Australia. Oh, okay. Um, L-Y-R-E-S. Yep, so that's that's the absinthe. Obviously, your your listeners, lovely listeners, can't see that image, but uh, I'm sure they'll be able to I check can. it out. And then, <laughs> um, that's the next brand, which, again, you know, oh. branding-wise – I'd quite happily stuck that on a back bar. I think it looks quite nice. It looks quite grown up. Look, yeah. You know, it looks like a spirit. As a bartender, it's very ergonomic to pour. Same with yeah. They're all, you know, standard, uh, some, yeah, 70 CL bottle. So, you know, it fits all my rails, fits everything nicely, fits all my regular specs as well. Uh, so it's not a case that I'm expecting my bartenders to, to mix up or learn an entire new menu, which we all know is tough. 
don't know about you, uh, but my staff do other things. Some are students. Some have two or three jobs. You know, right. To expect them to have two or three menus in their head for what what one event is possible, I'm sure, but is that practical? Whereas, you know, right. I could quite happily switch out the standard uh, white rum that we use, which is Bacardi here in the UK, uh, for the Liars uh, White Cane Spirit. Flavour profile is amazing. Um, works really well in the mojito, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, my only bugbear with this, this category is the price point of the product because they are, I'm not sure about in, in the US, but here in the UK, Quite prohibitive, shall we say? Mm -hmm. uh, 20, 25, 30 pounds for, uh, they're going to hate me for saying this, but for a bottle of flavored water. 100%. With no, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get kneecapped no. in the morning by, by no. the no, no industry. But, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, well, I hope the no industry is listening because one, there's a real, you know, they know there's a demand for their product, there's a need for it. People are interested in it, right? But at some point, someone's going to have to enter the market with a competitive price point. At some point, someone's going to need to, to come forward and say, hey, you guys want this? Like, we can give it to you so that it's approachable for everyone. Just like Beef Eaters has, you know, a, a, a rail, but it also has like higher level options, yep. right? That's what we need. We need some some scale here. Well, again, for me, it, it, it it's sort of about profitability. So, you know, you, you obviously reach your price points according to the products that you work with, whack your markup on top, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, to buy into this program, to offer these products is, is additional costs on, on, on the premium products that I use anyway. Uh, I could sub them out completely and just use um, something I've used for years. We've done a lot of halal sort of uh, mocktail menus in the past for clients. I'm just subbing out alcohol for regular brown apple juice. Do you know what I mean by brown apple juice? Mm -hmm. It's like the, the, the hazy. Uh, no, the just just it's it's the normal apple juice that you get. It's not the hazy stuff. So it's like, oh okay. I think you call it cider? Is that right over there? We do call yeah. We have no, apple cider. I, I always get confused because over here cider is you know is boozy, and over there it's. <laughs> We have the we have the boozy type too, uh, so we don't, we don't have to know what half the time we don't know what we're talking about either. <laughs> but just regular brown apple juice, you know, quite happily subs out most alcohols in my mind just to make a mocktail. Um, I just quite enjoy using the non-alcoholic sort of spirit category because I think it adds a depth of flavor which you don't necessarily achieve by that simple sub. Yes, so like when you're using seed lip with the fever tree, you're getting all of those botanicals that the gin offers, right? Yep. So it, it's not the alcohol, so you don't get the heat, but you're not missing out on the flavor profile there, exactly. which is nice. Which is why I think uh, the brand I showed you second, which is Strike, they put a little bit of capsicum in, into their uh, across their portfolio, and they've got a, uh, they call it a non-rum, a non-gin, and a non-vodka. That little bit of capsicum adds, adds that kind of that lingering heat that you would get from drinking a good spirit. Um, and again, non-vodka, like, really? Come on, really? <laughs> it's literally water. <laughs> Come on. But it's actually really, really nice. And I've, I've kind of tried to move away from, from tonic water, moving more onto the kind of club soda, soda water kind of vibe, uh, just to cut out as much sugar as possible. Um, yeah. And it's it, it's really nice, and just again that little bit of capsicum just adds adds a little bit of finish. Do you know what I mean? That you would yeah. drink in a spirit, which is again, yeah. is it placebo? Yes. Does it work? Yes. yes. Does it make you money? Yes. But you're yes. 
your staff need to be trained, I think, in in in, in how to sell this product. You know, it's not right. for an alternative. Uh, it's not healthy for you. There are still sugars in there, etc. Right. Uh, obviously, nowhere near as much as your standard liqueurs or anything. And obviously, it doesn't contain any alcohol. But it, it's got to be. They have to be trained in order to sell these products. Yeah, I really. That's interesting. The capsum, because as a mixologist, you know that like sugar, sour, heat. And water; those are the four main components of every every good drink. And so, yeah. if you're just doing the sweet and the sour and the water with the ice, like you're missing a component, and you can tell. So, the capsum there actually kind of brings it full circle, introduces that you know heat component. But it allows you to use st- standard normal techniques. So, you know, you can start these products over ice, not for very long, but you can start them over ice. You can shake, but again, not for very long. Uh, and of course, uh, you can throw or whatever technique you want to use. But again, you know, the time frame that you do that is significantly reduced compared to what you would do normally for alcohol because you don't need the dilution. In fact, all you need to do is chill really, really quickly and right. try and avoid dilution as much as possible. Fascinating. So we've talked a bit about the the no, which is what I, I think you guys are referring to the no yep. is like no alcohol. Yep. Um, and we, we hear, I think oftentimes use the NA, which is non-alcoholic. Okay. Um, but I'm really actually interested in the low as well, because I feel like that's a real opportunity that we don't do much. Usually here it's yes, it's got booze in it. No, it doesn't have any booze in it. Right. But there's an opportunity there to kind of say, well, this is like a low alcoholic drink, but you could drink more of them, you know, but it doesn't have that same effect, but yet you still get that heat. You can still use real alcohol. Like you can still use the products that are available, you know, behind the bar if you can't get either of these uh, three that we've already talked about. So what place does low alcohol cocktails have in the, in the market? Do you think? Uh, For me, it's, it's, it's become really, really, really big. I think the primary category that we need to focus on is vermouth. Uh, vermouth in the UK is huge. Uh, historically, of course, you know, drinks like the Martini and the Manhattan have always contained it. Uh, wonderful drinks that they are, but very, very small amounts of vermouth. So if you own a vermouth company, 15, uh, sorry, uh, swap into ounces, a uh, quarter of an ounce, a half an ounce of vermouth isn't going to make you a million cases a year. Uh, vermouth for me makes me very excited. Primarily, uh, I've got a sort of a background in wine. Um, on average, sort of 50, 60% of, of normal sort of vintage, shall we say, is disregarded as inferior grapes and therefore makes inferior wine. Therefore, historically, you know, your, your average winemaker would therefore turn that, that second grade, second label wine into something quite delicious, simply with the addition of some herbs and spices to make it taste better, sugar to make it taste even better, and then to make it last for a really long time, throw some, throw some booze in. Um, alcohol, beg your pardon. And so therefore you, you get a product which lasts for a long time, tastes really good. You've you've turned a byproduct or a waste product into something viable. And you know, the French and the Italians have capitalized on on this particular category for a long time. Um here in the UK we've been making vermouth for a thousand years. I mean it was the Romans that brought uh grapes over from mainland Europe. Uh and we introduced uh this 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 herb wormwood into into wine and you know it was used medicinally to remove any unwanted friends within your intestinal tract shall we say um fast forward a thousand years and you know we have big big brands Noli Pra, Martini etc Antica Formula aka bartenders uh duct tape gaffer tape you know it fixes anything apparently <laughs> um, uh, but 
for me, what's been really exciting is to see not only the, the evolution of the UK wine in, industry, but secondly, this this second wave connotations of, of current climate, the second wave of, of, of these wineries realizing that, yes, they can make gin, but they can also make vermouth. And again, you know, they're trying to utilize as much of this harvest as possible. Chuck in some herbs and spices, some sugar and some alcohol make a really nice product and you can drink it with soda. You can drink it on ice. You can drink it in a cocktail. Um, you know, one of my favorite products, technically it's not a vermouth. It doesn't contain wormwood. It's a, something called Lillet. Uh, mm-hmm. Lillet for me on the rocks with some soda water and a nice yes. day. I will demolish the entire bottle responsibly. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, I will irresponsibly demolish that bottle. Uh, they have a rose version oh, here. Stunning. Oh and, my gosh. So and, good. And, and the rouge in wintertime is just an excuse to get naughty, I think. But uh, oh, you just throw a lemon peel in there and like just delicious. Just walk, but again, walk it, away it, it's, it's, it's those flavors, I suppose, which I look for. It, it's, it's the intensity of the flavors which I look for, which is really nice. Simple highball drink. Uh, chuck in double measure of your vermouth or uh, aromatized wine, bit of club soda or, or, or tonic water is great. You know, it's 50 mils. And uh, as a producer, that's a huge volume. Shove it into cocktails. And I think we now, again, and this boils down to choice, we have the availability to, to choose vermouth from any country. And we're very lucky in the UK. I can, I can open up my laptop and I can order pretty much anything from all over the world. But uh, I think the primary one in the States with regards to sort of like it, uh, a good vermouth producer is it via vye uh, v via I, I, I have to double check that but they've been making sure. vermouth, uh out of california for a couple of years now um but again it's this resurgence or rather the emergence of all these new vermouth companies uh here in the uk which is really exciting and it's from cornwall all the way up to scotland as well I which i that. know isn't a massive distance compared to the states but for us right <laughs> that's, that's like yeah. one end of the country to the other <laughs> it's like half of California, um, yeah, yeah, which, is, which is funny because every one of our states has different um, distributors, different um, makers, right? So if it's available in California, it, it may or may not be, be available even next door. Um, so it does make things a little, a little hard. The worst hangover I ever had in my entire life was after a book club when we were reading The Great Gatsby and we were drinking vermouth because in honor of the great Gatsby. And so clearly I was doing it incorrectly, Miles. Um, if I was to revisit and to learn to love vermouth, what would be your suggestion? How should I drink that? Uh, I think on a mixo base, uh, mixology base, if you want to go for a reverse gin martini, so go for a double measure of uh, vermouth and a single measure of your favorite gin, I tend to drink those on the rocks so I don't turn into too much of a banker. And <laughs> I like to think about Cockney rhyming slang when I say banker. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> if, if that's okay for your readers, I apologize in advance. Absolutely. I think I've done I've done the apology already, so it should be fun. Yeah, we're all industry um, people. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I think a re- reverse uh, gin martini is superb. Uh, just just stir it down really briefly, shove it on some rocks. I know that goes against the grain, but it, it just works really well for me. The little bit of gin in there makes me you know makes me happy. Vermouth, obviously, you know, has a lot of flavour to it. And then swap out your, your, your vermouth. So if you like a standard gin martini uh, with whatever white vermouth brand you like, change it. Go for red. Oh, my gosh. Alternatively, my favourite, again, is just a really big wine glass. Healthy two-ounce or three-ounce serve if you're pouring for yourself. Lots and lots of ice uh, and a tiny bit of club soda. And then a slice if you've got one handy. If you don't, don't worry about it. 
I love it. I, I just was looking through my liquor store the other day and I saw that they had brought in a couple new brands of vermouth. And I think that's coming here. Like you guys are obviously a few years ahead of us, but I, I mean, even in my you know Southern little liquor store, they're, they're giving more attention to vermouth. You know what they're not giving any attention to though? And I like tequila. It's a big, a big part of my life and who I am. But when it comes to the orange liqueurs, there is not a decent triple sec that isn't like Grand Marnier, right? And so sometimes I don't want to put a $50 bottle of, you know, Grand well, Marnier. Well, I think you guys have the problem bar. is that the, the, the majority of triple secs I would use here in the UK, although our imports that come from France, France isn't too far away for me. Uh, right. I to work with a bar group in North Carolina, and I was, I was I just, I nearly had a heart attack when I saw the cost price of a bottle of Cointreau. Oh, yeah. It's not much cheaper than Grand Marnier. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. my goodness. I literally <laughs> died on the spot. I was like, right, we're taking this out. We're going to put some local triple sec in. Happy days. But I'm, I'm, I'm a massive tequila fan as well, but we've, uh, there's a great serve. It's not, it's not my invention. I have to, have to add kudos, uh, but came across it uh, about 15 years ago. It's called Verita. Um, and again, it's kind of, kind of on the no vibe. This is a nice little drink which you can put together. Again, doesn't contain any of the non-alcoholic spirits or anything, but um, it's basically pineapple juice blended with, uh, I need to get my, my, my wording right here for the American sort of audience, uh, <laughs> cilantro instead of coriander, basil instead of basil, and then some fresh chili. Blend all of that, that up, uh, fine strain. Uh, you've got this bright green, pineapple uh, cilantro-filled, chili kind of vibe goes incredibly well obviously with south american central american cuisine but equally uh, matches asian food which is really hard to work with um so again you know you can utilize things which you can find in your local store you can find in your local you know in in, in your stock cupboard at work you don't necessarily need to go out and, and, and buy thousands of dollars worth of non-alcoholic spirits so to be able to offer something something quite decent shove that's, that's a, a trip uh, a shot of tequila on the side, Blanco for me only, and as dirty <laughs> And uh, it's one of the best drinks ever. I'm definitely going to try that. I have a bunch of pineapple juice um, just because I, my girls really like it. And now, since we're, you know, COVID and all, I'm, I have this nice little garden that I'm growing. And there's <laughs> both basil and cilantro in there. Well, so. just, <laughs> and don't be shy on the cilantro or the basil either. Just, you know, literally a whole bunch, whole bunch, shove it in, stalks and all, just, yeah. Do you let it sit in the acidity of the pineapple juice nope, or you just blend just, it right just, away? Just blend it up and it goes bright green, fine strain, just to remove any of the chilies. And I get a whole chili and I just throw it in. I mean, my, my girls love it. I've got a 12-year-old, nearly 18, and I've got a 7-year-old, nearly 9. Um, and uh, obviously reduce the amount of chili for them. But for them, it's a great drink. But again, what I really like is, you know, being able to switch between any cuisine. You know, we do in the past, we worked with a lot of chefs doing pop-ups. I've been able yeah. to sort of accommodate with their different foods. I'm sure, you know, doing weddings, you work with different chefs that perhaps the bride and groom have chosen themselves. So you have no idea, you know, you may have some idea prior to the event. But again, it, it, it it's nice to be able to offer a cohesive menu on the evening for your guests. Absolutely. And, and you actually inspired another question. This is not what you were brought on here to talk about, but you have an, an immense wine background and something that more and more of our members are doing are, are wine specific bars. So maybe they are just doing wine, sparkling wine, red wine, white wine, rosé. What type of wine cocktails do you enjoy? 
for me, uh, it sounds really boring, but again, it's my quest to kind of not ingest too much sugar anymore, but it's just a classic white wine spritzer for me. Um, if I'm feeling particularly summery, uh, uh, again, it's, this is from a couple of years ago, but uh, a, a frosé, you know, the fr- yeah. frozen watermelon with the world's world's worst rosé that you can buy blended. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't really thought of that one, actually, because most of the time that I've seen the recipes around here, they add strawberry. OK. Um, but they also, as you know, with rosé, if, if you're going to do it the way that we do it here, you have to add a ton of sugar in order for it to get that slushy yeah. consistency. And so you're kind of. Might as well just be drinking juice at that point. Uh, so what we do is we get the watermelon, de-skin, chop into chunks, and then freeze. And it's the, I'm, I'm sure you know this. I'm sure your listeners know this as well. But it's you know it's the frozen chunks which helps to create the texture. Uh, I don't put those into kind of slushy machines per se. Uh, we just do those ad hoc. Um, but yeah, that, I'm 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 known to drink quite a few of those. Um, and the, the other one is a classic sangria. I think you can't go wrong with that. You know, you can, you can, and again, what's interesting about wine is you can choose a lower ABV wine. You can go for the eight or nine percent. I know most of us before we choose a bottle of wine, turn the bottle around, look at look at the proof, the ABV before we purchase the bottle. These days, it's been nine weeks in lockdown in the UK, so we're definitely <laughs> operating at the fourteen percent kind of mark. Um, <laughs> But again, so you know, you can offer a, a lower alternative by just choosing a wine which has a, a lower percentage. And that's important, in my opinion, when you're doing events, especially longer events, because if you're going to be drinking for six to eight hours, like at a wedding, then having something on the menu, like a, a feature cocktail or a signature cocktail that's fairly low in alcohol, that isn't necessarily, this is low in alcohol because they may avoid it that way. Uh, but if it's just on the menu and it's flavorful and it's refreshing and it happens to be lower in alcohol, people will behave longer. <laughs> yeah, we have an issue with that in the UK, is behavior. <laughs> we definitely do here in the South, that is for sure. <laughs> coupled, <laughs> coupled the booze with the heat, I think, is... Uh, yeah, we, have, we don't have that problem here. We just have a behavior <laughs> problem, I think, yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with our members about low, no, or wine cocktails? Uh, Again, I think it's just keeping it super simple. I think one of the biggest drinks that we've seen putting onto clients' menus or offering to to, to weddings and and corporate events is is something called a green garden, which is essentially an English garden. Have you heard about that? It's basically a mojito made with gin and elderflower cordial. Superb, great drink. And it's it's one of those hook drinks. Uh, Tall glass, crushed ice, mint in it. People think it's a mojito. I'll I'll have 10, please. Thank you very much. Uh, again, we've done a lot of work uh, with uh, specific venues who are halal. We've done a lot of work with specific venues who have a very heavy lunchtime corporate trend. Uh, and uh, in my experience, uh, the days of the the wonderful days, shall we say, of the long corporate lunches, long gone. They're long gone. You know, people, they, they come in, they want quick food, they want quick drinks, quick chat, and then they're going back to the office. And so the green garden is it, it's quite simple. It's, it's cloudy apple juice uh, or cloudy uh, cider, I think you can call it there. Uh, fresh mint, a little bit of elderflower cordial, uh, some lime juice, and then top soda served in the same way as mojito, tall glass, lots of crushed ice. Again, it's one of those hook drinks, goes out on, on a tray in front of house. People see it. What's that? Can I have one, please? Yes, fine. Can I have 10, please? Mm, okay. No worries. <laughs> you know, and... and 
one of my clients was charging something like seven pounds ninety five. That's like ten dollars. That's good money for some apple juice, a bit of mint, and fresh <laughs> ice, and, and some lime juice. I mean, you know, yeah. cost that out for me, it rolls in at sort of under a pound. Um, that that's a license to print money in a legal way. That's funny because I don't I, the elderflower the bartender's uh duct tape the saint germain is what we use here do you have other versions there uh so yes saint germain was well germain beg your pardon was uh launched by a guy called simon difford many many years ago here in the uk um obviously it's a french company but as a flavor elderflowers it is 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 very british you know it's, it's one of those intrinsic flavors um and it grows everywhere i've got Two, I've got a pink elderflower tree in my garden, and I've got a white, elder, no, a normal elderflower tree. Um, in fact, my signature cocktail contains elderflower. It's uh, it's synonymous with the UK, I suppose. And, and flavor-wise, again, mixes really well with something like Sauvignon Blanc. But cordials are really easy to make. Uh, I'm not sure you have the climate in the southern states. I think it might be too warm there. But pick the flowers, shove them into sugar syrup, let them sit for a while, uh, and you've, you've got a lovely flavoured syrup. Uh, Monin do a really good one. Um, I'm pretty sure Monin are pretty big in the US. Um, yes. And then uh, there's another one called uh, Bottle Green. I think I found that in North Carolina at one stage. Okay. That was, that was many, many years ago now. Uh, but, yeah, no, we're very lucky with regards to access to that flavour. Um my my drink, just out of interest, is vanilla vodka, elderflower, lemon juice, and fresh chili. Awesome. Shake and strain, shove in a martini glass, uh, and that'll be fifteen dollars, please. Thank you very much. And so, when you are saying elderflower, you're not specifically referring to the liqueur as much as like a simple syrup, almost. Uh, so yes, again, I think the terminology with you guys and over here is a little bit different. So, as uh, a cordial. Is also called a liqueur. Is that right in the states? You can have both. Yeah, we we interchange them. Mm -hmm. So a cordial could be alcoholic, uh, whereas over here a cordial is most ninety nine percent of the time non alcoholic. And yes, uh, it would just be uh, that would be subbing out your simple syrup. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, I have a bunch of elderflower that I get dried. I'm sure it's much Mm. better fresh. But I can I can acquire it here from um, an organic um, herb company that dries well, it. The, the, the dried is a slightly different flavor profile, I think, obviously, because it's dried. But I think it's still in right. that wonderful floralness. Uh, just go for a nice, mm-hmm. gentle steep. Uh, lots of water, add some citric acid, add some lemon juice, and you can make a really nice elderflower liqueur. Again, I'm lucky. I've got I've got two trees in my garden. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kids and I elderflower syrup next week, and then we're, uh, I'm going to turn half of that into an elderflower sparkling wine. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome! So you do your own fermentation and everything. Uh, well, I am now as we're in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, hard times. <laughs> Got to make your own elderflower wine. Very bored. <laughs> no, I love it. Normally working sixty hours a week. Uh, now I'm homeschooling. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, I need to find today, <laughs> and I'm rubbish at DIY. So um, I, 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 I bake bread and make make sugar syrup. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was valuable. I would love to hear from you what you thought. 
You can drop me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com or find me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar-related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community, also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, cheers.